Okay, I would like to submit that I took it off the rails and then you kept it moving while off the rails. You were like, oh man, it's off the rails. We shouldn't re-put it on the rails. We should just f***ing ram the engine as fast as we can. Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. Last time we talked, Zach told me about his house name. Yeah. And you promised that you were going to come up with a house name and a house flag. Um, so I want, I want the story, Stephen. I want the journey that you went through to arrive here. Uh, we will, but we should go into yours first, because last time we checked in, you had a house name and two potential house flags. Right. Um, yeah, so in an arguably democratic process... <laughs> What does that mean? Um, at least one of the voters was uh, experiencing the his first evening being 21 years old. Okay, so he had free will, it was just impaired. Yeah, so like he voted. Everybody voted. I, I would see. like to put that on the record, everybody voted. <laughs> okay. We decided on the tent flag. The tent flag. Okay, good. That's the one I, I liked. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the um, zigzag flag? The zigzag house flag? Yes. Wait, I saw the stripey house flag. The stripey? Okay, I also made a zigzag house flag. Okay, yeah, yeah. Never saw that one. Send that over. I never really got it to look quite right, but that was the best I got the zigzag house flag looking. All right, let's take a look. Oh, okay. I like that. I think, hmm, that gets my vote. That beats the tent for me. Really? Yeah. I think the tent has more texture to it. I don't like texture. Okay. Okay. I'm not a member of your household, so I suppose I don't really count as a vote. But uh, yeah, no, this is good. I like this a lot. Anyway, now that we got the boring stuff out of the way, let's talk about my flag. Absolutely. Give me the... So first we had to come up with a name, uh, mm-hmm. and we have a house name. There was a lot of deliberation, uh, but we knew that it had to be a little bit clever. So mm-hmm. uh, some topics we were bouncing around uh, were that we met at an event called Mocktails Over Mendota. So, and that's like a get to know your housemates, your uh, dorm floor mates. Okay. And mocktails are like non-alcoholic to- cocktails. Yep. Uh, so we thought that a few like uh, cocktail names could work as house names. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of those were The Aviary. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, Scofflaw, Sidecar, mm. Ramos, and Lemon House. Ooh, I, Lemon House just feels <laughs> right. <laughs> Lemon House feels so right I've forgotten what all the other ones were, but I remember I liked the first one too. <laughs> And most of our furniture came from Ikea, so we thought it would be funny to call the house Stockholm. They ran with that, though, and they came up with some more uh, humorous names. Mm -hmm. Um, These are towns in Sweden. Also, I'm going to horribly mispronounce all of these. Do you want to send me the list and I can pronounce them? Yes. (laughs) I make no promises, but I at least, like, know what all the vowels there do. Okay. So we've got Juproven, Sixresk, Bugsgurd, Varberg. Fneskberget and Skithol. These are the these are the names of actual Swedish cities. That's what we I was told by my roommate who looked right, it up. Let me look up. No, don't look it up. Uh, that's not that takes the fun out of it, Zach. No, these are towns. I promise. Okay. Okay. Well, in English, it's uh, I'm I'm gonna beep all this out. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and 
Okay. Uh, I still like Lemon House. What's Lemon House in Swedish? <laughs> and because we conduct all the house meetings in a very formal way, uh, including the one where we've thought of these names. Do you have uh, minutes? Yeah, we do. Good. And somebody wanted to call it uh, Quorum, the house. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And somebody got so down, uh, far down the cocktail name rabbit hole that they wanted to call it Wonderland. Nice. Citronhus. All right. Is Lemon House, just for your consideration, now that you've already decided. <laughs> uh, we used a single transferable vote system to uh, yep. decide. So That's we, the right way to do it. Yeah, so we ranked our top choices, and uh, we came up with, uh, how'd you say it, Varberg? Varberg. We've just been calling it the American pronunciation, which is Varberg. 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 I'm from Texas, and I went to Varberg. So, what does the flag of look like <laughs> just call it varberg what's the... <laughs> i zach i'm going to send you the candidates okay were... these were the ones that were under consideration so there's been a decision made already yes yes was this all in one house meeting no no we decided on the name then we decided that we would have a flag and then we decided that we would come back with flags in a week ah there's so many files yeah so let's go through them one by one okay all right yeah so So, number nine can i can i give the descriptions uh sure but you'll notice that the lowest number is number nine do you want to know why that is because you made eight other ones that you didn't like yes (laughs) okay let's start with okay so we've got flag nine um it's reminiscent of the swedish flag it's got the um blue background and then one vertical yellow bar but then where there would be a yellow horizontal bar there are instead two like rivers they're reminiscent of rivers Mm -hmm. so that is supposed to represent the isthmus that we live on Mm -hmm. and uh of course uh barberg is a swedish town and we have swedish furniture there and we have swedish colors for our flag yeah i dig i dig the color symbolism i'm I'm loving it all right and then 10 um has the same river going through the middle of it but it does not have the vertical bar and the river is filled in as opposed to just being an outline Mm -hmm. Uh, which is again i'm guessing symbolizing the isthmus in a slightly different way uh yeah all sorts of ways to look at that right yep um here's 10 hyphen 2 which i'm guessing is going to be visually similar oh it's the same thing with with a vertical bar yes to Um, make it more reminiscent of the swedish flag yeah i think that's not bad Ooh. okay uh here we go with 11.svg uh it's a circle flag all the rage these days Uh, the kids the kids love these just about as much as they love their Fortnite dances so it's got uh, blue, that Swedish blue in the background, a Swedish, no, 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 those aren't the words that I wanted to come out of my mouth. Okay. So it's got the Swedish blue in the background and then a circle. Um, but then I, within the circle, you can see the silhouette of some mountains and then presumably a lake or something at the bottom is yellow. And then the behind the mountain area is also yellow. Right. Uh, the mountain has four peaks, uh, one for each of the people living in this house. Clever. Is that a joke about people's height and or weight? Uh, no. Hmm. 12.svg. Um. I've had some really mixed reactions to this one. I, I like it, but I could not tell you why. And it's very, like, it's real individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's different from the other ones. 
It doesn't feel like it's pulling for anything. Real quick, I'm going to look something up just to... I don't know what you're looking up, but it's probably not relevant because I didn't put that much thought into it. No, I think it is relevant. It's loading. Okay, so it's reminiscent of the Wu-Tang Clan logo. Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's reminiscent. It, it doesn't really look like... I get bird vibes from it. Um, so I'm assuming distributed about the center, there are four five-pointed stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then underneath the three lower stars, there's kind of like a, a circle thing. I can see all the shapes that went into it, but I can't figure out how to describe them. But it, I get a bird vibe from it. It looks like a really circly bird. Yes, it is a circly bird. Bird. Uh, bird. Uh, you could also see them as Kirby Mountains. Right. Um, and the stars okay, yeah. are, of course, for the roommates. Um, Steven, I can't. <laughs> hell. <laughs> oh my god, Steven. Wait, what? Am I am I wrong? No, but that's really clever too. That's even better. Was that not a part of the design initially? No. Um Holy shit, that it looks like it was. There's no way, Steven. There's no way this wasn't intentional. <laughs> But was that reading of it intentional at all? What reading of it? The kind that allows... Okay, then I have no idea what you're talking about. That's impressive. I'm impressed. Should we move on? Uh, Yeah, okay, so uh, 12.svg is definitely the winner in my book. <laughs> um, So much symbolism, so much quality content. Okay, uh, 15.svg I believe is like 11. Uh, the mountains in the circle with uh four five-pointed stars i don't like this one because one of the stars is hanging out of the circle next question yeah similar idea to the uh number 12 though yeah if you were wondering ooh, and then number 16 was the last 16. one yeah so 16 um we've got um it's a blue background and then going diagonally across it there's a yellow bar and then a blue mountain kind of superimposed on that yellow bar and that's a call to the Madison flag or to the diving flag or both. They look very similar. There's a Madison flag? Oh my god, yeah, there is. This is so great. I'm I'm a genius. Okay. Um yes. To, call to the Madison flag. Uh-huh. Um again to the isthmus that we live on. Okay, yeah. Uh obviously the land is the yellow and the sea is blue. The lakes, not the sea, really. Yeah. And I said previously on this podcast that I live in like Mendota, mm-hmm. or did I say Men- Menona? I can't remember. It's Mendota because that's the only one that I can remember the name of. Okay, I live in Lake Mendota, and therefore we need a diver down flag, which this is also reminiscent of. Okay, um, so I like I dig sixteen. If I hadn't seen twelve, was it? Yes. If I hadn't seen twelve, I would have loved. 16 the most but 12 with the individual unique design um the incredible symbolism i'm i'm blown away by this flag steven (laughs) oh boy um so i i'm sorry zach but by supermajority the slanted flag won in the first round what number 16 what sorry oh no 
No, okay, I'm gonna start flying the rebel uh Vesberg. Varberg. 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 You're not saying it right. It's our house, we get to pick the pronunciation. It's a Swedish language, they get to pick the pronunciation. Alright, well I'm not too upset, but I'm pretty upset. (laughs) Steven, this is such a good flag. Uh, to be honest, that was my first pick. That's why it was uh, super majority and not unanimous. I'm so upset. I don't know if I can keep recording. I'm so upset that this flag lost. <laughs> it's such a good flag. I think you need to redo the vote now that the additional symbolism has been uncovered. I don't know. I'm pretty attached to this one already. And uh, I another thing, in addition to the emotional attachment, is that I already ordered a full-sized flag for oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where'd you order it? Please, I need the link so we can order one for our house. Uh, University Customs did a, does a $35 single-sided flag. All right. Steven, I'm so upset. 12 was such a good flag. I don't know what to tell you. If you give us a dollar on Patreon, you can see all of these. Deal. All right, should we move on? <laughs> no, I'm not ready to move on, Steven. It's okay. I'll just sit here, mourning the loss of... Flag number 12. It's such a good flag. I'm just upset. Because, like, 16 is a great flag. I love it visually. It's visually a wonderful flag. And there's some uncomfortable ways that the angles connect in 12 that I understand why people wouldn't be for it. But I think they make sense in the newly framed context that I derive just from looking at it for, like, literally a minute. It's not that hard. Somebody tells you that it's a and you're like, oh, wow, gee, I wonder what the symbolism of this flag is. And then you find it. But apparently they never found it. The inhabitants of Verberg, Ver, Ver, Verberg, they never found it. Listeners, I would like you to know that I just took a three minute break or so. Two minute, three minute. <laughs> and Zach is in the exact same position as when I left. <laughs> A defeated look on his face. I'm so upset. I'm not going to be over this for a long time. But the show must go on. It doesn't have to. We can just stop. (laughs) Already at what? 50 minutes? Yeah. How much of that do you think we had to cut out? Most of it, I assume. Yeah. Drat. (laughs) Drat. That's the word. So, Stephen, when your ill-advised roommates... (laughs) (laughs) all chose that flag you said it was with the single transferable vote yes which is a great voting system but my question for you is is it the most efficient voting system oh definitely not takes forever okay so i I guess it it depends on how you measure it Mm -hmm. if you measure it by satisfaction with elected officials then i think it is the most efficient voting system but from a time from a time uh votes per minute yeah like uh, decisions per minute yeah decisions per minute it's not (laughs) it's not good um Mm -hmm. in fact if you're looking for that kind of efficiency you should just go with a dictatorship in that way no decisions have to be made well only one input has to be put in for the decisions to be made yeah you don't need to hear everyone's opinion yeah it's very easy so it's very interesting that you didn't just uh use the most efficient decisions per minute (laughs) system in your house when you were so concerned I'm not worried about whatever. Keep going. I, so concerned. This is a joke. So I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you too much. Uh, so concerned last week with the 
um, the reason you go to Taco Bell being calories per dollar. I would like to say something about that, which is okay. that I did not say that. I did not say yes, that was the. Did. I didn't say that was the reason that I went to Taco Bell. I said that Taco Bell was basically unmatched from a calories per dollar standpoint. The reason I go to Taco Bell is because I crave it sometimes. Because your stomach wants it. Yeah, my okay, stomach I remember wants it. We went over this. Your stomach. It was like your. If you let your stomach make the decisions. Yeah. You're eating Taco Bell all the time. If you go with your gut, you're eating Taco Bell all the time. That, mm-hmm. that was the joke. Okay. So. Anyway, you tried to make the point that it's a it's a just decision to go to Taco Bell for a calories per dollar kind of thing. I didn't say that either. I'm sorry that I'm ruining your segue, but <laughs> I didn't say that it was a good idea to do it just because they are efficient in calories per dollar. I said that they are basically unmatched from a calories per dollar standpoint. I didn't I'm hoping that's an okay. exact quote because I keep saying it over and over. So anyway, 4 4 minutes ago you is is wrong except you use a bunch of weasel words like basically how, how can i how can i get into an argument with you when you're using words like basically steven can we can we roll back the tape where you're more decisive about this it depends on if i'm losing the argument or not <laughs> if i'm losing the argument then we're keeping the weasel words in if i'm winning then we'll i can be very firm about my opinion okay so do you think that taco bell is the best calories per dollar decision you could make. No. If that's the only metric. No. All right. Well, you're right. You you win a prize <laughs> for standing staunch and not letting me just freaking segue into this segment, Stephen. <laughs> I just don't want the facts to get... Uh, I don't want them to get twisted. All right. Well, the facts are Taco Bell is only third in the list of oh yeah fast food calories per dollar. Okay, what are the first two? Uh, the first is Burger King's Crispy Chicken Jr., hmm. according to FrugalNinja.com. And the second is Lil Caesars. It's, it's not L-I-L. It's not Lil Caesars. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> Lil Caesars is their, uh, their attempt to market toward the inner city. He raps about pizza. But also monk stuff. You should rap in Latin to make it authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. Okay. So anyway, their uh, pepperoni $5 pizza is the second best. And Taco Bell is only the third best with a beefy Fritos burrito at uh, $0.00233 per calorie, which is 430 calories per dollar. That's actually quite a bit. I'm impressed. Yeah, it's pretty good. So we've got Burger King. Little Caesars, Taco Bell. Do you have a Wendy's near you? No. McDonald's? Uh, probably, but I don't know where it is. All right. Well, it looks like those are the only... All right. Oh, Chick-fil-A, if you get way down in the list. No. Nope. Uh, Chick-fil-A, coming in at a meager $0.0068 per calorie. What's that That's per dollar? That's nearly three times. I don't know. I'm I'm not in the mood to do that kind of math. Uh, what's okay. 440 divided by three? I don't know, like 12 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's 146 and two thirds. 146. Okay, so that's what the Chick Fil A chicken sandwich is. That's nothing. Calories per dollar, right? You might as well yeah. just make your own food at that point. Uh, absolutely. At any point in this list, you could just be making your own food. I, um, this is. I don't know. How much yeah. chicken can you get for... Oh, Stephen, this is something I stumbled upon in, in my violent... Violent is the wrong word, but violent research <laughs> to 
uh, to, to prove you wrong about Taco Bell being oh the best God. calorie per dollar deal, I stumbled upon efficiencyiseverything.com, this week's oh new favorite website. <laughs> uh it's it's a whole bunch of pages of embedded excel sheets to prove to you what humans have known for centuries embedded excel sheets yeah jesus uh, beans and rice are cheap that was their final <laughs> decision <laughs> it's funny you say that because i literally have beans and rice in the other room waiting for me to eat them when we're done recording so if you're just trying to get protein and carbs into your body maybe with a little bit of flavor you can add in some cheap oil uh their recipe their their recommendation is beans and rice and some oil and some veggies incredible um potatoes have got to be pretty high on that list too huh yep potatoes are pretty high but that's not the only thing uh that they measure okay Uh, oh oh, also first i gotta gotta cut in that um flour is actually the cheapest of the carb options but to make it like something you want to eat (laughs) you need to mix it with other ingredients that reduces the effectiveness hmm but if you just shovel handfuls of flour into your mouth, oh, that's God. the highest calorie per dollar deal you oh, could be getting. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no. Don't do that. Don't listen to Zach. If you dilute it in water. Um, oh, God. You could probably just chug flour. Get off my podcast. That's <laughs> awful. And you might want to chug flour because if you're at the level of efficiency that this guy is um so kindly giving out this information to folks you might start measuring your life in a matter of proteins per second <laughs> proteins per second so he's also measuring how fast you can eat the food yeah um he's got proteins per second that's with consideration of like finding it in the store and cooking it up and then he's also just got proteins per second of like, it's sitting on a plate in front of me. How quickly can I have it in my body? Listeners, you can't see this, but my mouth has been hanging open <laughs> for a while now. And not in like a awe, not in like a, oh, it is in like a awe, but not in a, um, not in a good way. I'm not impressed by this person is what I'm trying so to get across. The best three um, for like sitting on a plate in front of me and I can just get protein in my body real fast. Uh, we've got milk, beef jerky, and peanuts, which are all limiting to one group of people or another, whether you are lactose intolerant, uh, can't eat meat, or can't eat nuts. You could say that about any dish, though. You could Correct. say that about the flour. Yeah, but it's just funny that... Yeah, there's, it's a significant all group three of people. Of yeah. Um, so those are the best in protein per second. And, Incredible. Um, I think at that moment, I had a realization that sometimes people look at me or look at us with like just wanting to use Todoist and think, man, I bet they go home and measure their food in protein per second. Nope. See, okay, let's let's talk about that for a second. Okay. How should you measure the efficiency of life? In daylights or springtimes or midnights or cups of coffee. I was thinking like happiness per effort, but even that is not really a good measure because I think that happiness itself has effort built into it right right so you're not going to or maybe you will i don't know but if you in general if you are working harder you are less happy okay you would just rather be lazy in general yeah i mean people get like fulfillment from jobs and stuff though too yeah no but see that's why i might be like a, some sort of curve on that there's a mm-hmm. pinnacle of uh, there is a little bit of work yeah, there's the yeah. proper amount of work for the most happiness. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say, how about 
love. Measure in love. That's the best way to measure a year. I would like to submit for the record, Stephen is grinning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. But no, I, I think that's, that's a legitimate way to think about it. It's good to think about happiness, maximizing happiness, I suppose, regardless of what the other axis is. Right. Modeling behavior. See, this is why soft sciences are bad. We should get rid of them. <laughs> fake bad <laughs> that's a bad opinion <laughs> but is it though because it gave me joy to have this opinion to have that opinion oh okay and i see the people but okay but you're you're increasing pain of others when when somebody who studies a soft science hears you say that and is like well now steven has made me feel invalid but let's say i don't care about their opinion right they're like, they're a psychology major i don't give a crap about them <laughs> So I don't care about their pain. And so if I'm just focusing on maximizing my happiness, which okay. I think is what's happening in almost every human. In fact, I think it's happening in every human. I don't think there is a person who does things for actually selfless reasons. It makes them feel better, you know, like okay. they can't stand to see the, the pain of others. So they volunteer to help puppies or whatever. Mm hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not saying that's yeah. a bad thing, but I dis would disagree that that is a selfless thing to do. I think it's more selfless than like punching someone. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, maybe nothing is 100% selfless. So that's what I was getting at. Your peak happiness is going to be not really a measure of that utilitarian style. Well, punching that guy makes him feel a lot worse than it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. because if in theory you had a person who didn't care about the feelings of others and didn't care it's a, that... it's a utilitarian but everybody else's enjoyment has a uh, coefficient of zero yeah but if you're the kind of person who just likes to see other people cry yes it's not necessarily good for the world if everyone tries to maximize their own happiness that's why we have the societal standard of uh you that utilitarianism yeah this is for the greater good to give yourself for others because your suffering is uh, is very minimal compared to their happiness. Mm -hmm. And I, I sound like a philosophy student. Steven, that's a soft science. We know those don't matter. Philosophy is not a soft science. Philosophy is not a science. Okay. Change my mind. Don't at me. <laughs> How? <laughs> Email me, see what happens. Yeah, do it. Do it. He'll respond in a year. <laughs> if, if you email him with PGP, it might only take six months. <laughs> so once school starts, email just goes through the roof and I lose all interest. So, Stephen, another metric that you would be comparing happiness against is time. Right. You want to know happiness per second. How happy are you <laughs> this second? What things can you do every second to be maximizing your personal happiness without punching someone else? Well, the first thing I would do is close email because it's making me very sad. <laughs> Go Did you away. just open it up? No, well, I was thinking about it. It was already open. Okay. But I'm going to quit it now. Oh, God. That's such a terrible practice. Why have email open just behind all because your other windows? If I don't have it open, then the little 
red dot doesn't appear on the icon and I won't know how many emails I have. And if I don't know any, how many emails I have, I assume it's zero and that's dangerous. Can you close the window and still get notifications of the emails that come in? Yeah, no, that's not better though, Zach. Touche. Anyway, I'm time tracking. Yeah. How, how much time in the last week have you spent dealing with emails? Um, not a whole lot, actually. I've been pretty good about uh, swiping the emails into the delete file uh, while I'm doing other things. So not very much time at all, actually. Uh, gotcha. Let me open up Toggle and I can tell you how much time I've logged in the past week or so. Let's see how much time exactly. Uh, I tracked 150 hours out of the 168 that were available to me. Nice. Yeah. I mean, looking at the graph, a good chunk of this is sleeping. Right, as I would expect. <laughs> a good third or so. So yeah, uh, that's been going all right. I have made so many workflows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's your time tracking process? Because I, I could never get into it, but I think that's because I, it's just not a my brain doesn't work on noticing when I switch tasks, which mm-hmm. is probably the reason to start doing it. But <laughs> I, well, the first thing I did was set up a workflow with the workflows app for iPhone. And that was good. That was a really good first step because something I really dislike doing is opening up the toggle app because the toggle app is not very good. I think right. it's as good as it can be. But it's not very good. I would like to not open the toggle app if I can avoid it. So the second thing I did was put the workflow on my watch. Mm-hmm. So whenever I glanced at my watch, there would be a little icon that said, hey, go log your time. Go uh, go start a timer or whatever. Make sure you're okay. doing what you said you were doing, essentially. That's what yep. it, the symbol meant in my head, at least. And then I made individual workflows for each task each project i think they're called in toggle Mm -hmm. so that i didn't even have to pick from a list i would just tap the icon on my watch okay and that has been working very well because i look at my watch a lot yeah all right cool so are there are you gunning for that last those last 18 hours or no are they just they're fine it's i mean i can chalk that up to whatever really so uh, have there been any crazy revelations? Do you actually spend like five hours every day on Facebook? <laughs> uh, no, I do not um, spend a lot of time eating. You got you to gotta cut that down. Got to gotta maximize your protein per second. <laughs> um, I'm trying to actually, I have a project for reading for pleasure. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm trying to get that number up. It's not as high as I want it to be. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've been managing to do that most nights which has been really nice most nights just for 10 or 15 minutes before i fall asleep yeah it is about 10 or 15 minutes for me as well that's about it um i'll have more data next time we talk and um we'll see if anything comes from it yeah also school has started now so hopefully i'll give some more data oh yeah in that regard speaking of school starting yeah i really hate madison street layout do you want to know why, Zach? Absolutely. Some of the streets are north to south and east to west. Right. And some of them line up with the isthmus, northeast to southwest and northwest to southeast. And some of them you can go on and take you, they take you right to the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Some um, of them don't do that. Which is, yeah. Just because like some people want to want to go parallel to the isthmus and some people want to get to business buildings. It's fine if you have a map. 
but it can be real annoying when you have to go directly west of somewhere and all the streets take you oh, off that straight line. That's miserable. Yeah, I'm gonna Zach. I'm gonna send you a screenshot. It's it's so weird because if I think about a place that's like three blocks south and three blocks east of where I am right now, mm-hmm. it just makes sense. I would go three blocks south and three blocks east. I wouldn't go diagonally. But when it's not aligned to that north, south, east, west grid, it just feels so wrong. Because it is wrong. Okay, let me hold on. Give me one second, Zach. I'm trying to give you a Google map here. Oh, wait, so the ones that take you to the capital are north, south, east, west, but then they're also northwest. So without revealing too much, do you see where the isthmus turns into not isthmus? Yep. Let me locate that here. Right around Marion Street? Never mind. None of these streets go... What the heck? France, Francis Street. I found some pretty good routes to my classes and stuff that, mm-hmm. you, that take advantage of the slants but if i want to find a new spot and someone says hey that's just west west of here i'm like oh man i'm gonna have to go like three blocks that way and one block down and two blocks back the other way that's upsetting that's really upsetting i i understand entirely what you mean and why you would be very mad about this madison veterans make it like Oh, you just go this way, that way, this way, this way, that way. And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Or there could just be a road. There could just be a road that goes right there. Because the rest of the country, the rest of the world, is set up north, south, east, west. Except for, if I may interject, this is the one thing that I thought of when you mentioned that your streets were dumb. Missoula, Montana. Okay. The place where Hank Green lives? Yes, that place. Indeed. We're going to copy this image and send it over to you. So this is uh, the streets in Missoula, Montana. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, so if, if you check out the show notes, Stephen, do you want to describe what's happening here? Okay, so imagine you took a, like, a picture frame. Okay. And you placed it on a map. Yep. And then you turned the picture frame 45 degrees and reoriented the camera or the, your frame of reference so that the picture frame is the right way and the map is the wrong way. That's what the street system looks like That's in a, Missoula. I, I'm looking at this picture and I couldn't follow that, Stephen. It looks like somebody just like took a normal grid map. And like turned it. Selected a chunk, copy pasted it, and turned it 90 degrees or 40 degrees, 45 yeah. degrees. Yeah, so, no, that's awful. Uh, yeah, so when they started Missoula, there were like two chunks of town, two neighborhoods, and one of them had one uh, urban designer and the other one had another urban designer. And one of them was like, diagonal is the way of the future. We're going to make this a, a diagonal town for diagonal people. And so uh, he built a diagonal town and all the di- diagonal people moved there and then they filled up on diagonal people and there were no more diagonal people and everyone else wanted rectilinear town. And so they had to, like, mush them together. So you can just kind of see all these places that it does not connect nope. pleasantly. Bulldoze that part of town. That sounds like it would be hard to do. Bulldoze that part of town. Redo I agree. it. Redo it. This gets zero points. F. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Just so you know, this class will take extra dedication. Unlike some of your other courses, you will not do well if you don't go the extra mile. 
This is Ben, a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. What class is that, Zach? Uh, all of them, apparently. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you, I guess you have to pick then. Especially, especially any science class. They're like, clearly this class is different than all of the other science classes you've ever taken, so I need to inform you that this one is hard. And you're like, okay, I get it, it's a science class, but like, it's not any harder than any other science class, and they're like, but this one's a difficult class, I know, because I teach it, and I'm smart. My friends and I have differing opinions on why the teachers do this. My theory is they like to feel important. What are the other theories? Uh, to cover their butts in case somebody's like, well, you never told me this would be a hard class. Okay, uh, let me offer another one. Okay. They actually are very difficult. But all of them are. All of them say that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. I, just, I think, I don't like the phrasing. I was thinking more about the way this was said. And it, they said, like, unlike some of your other courses, you will not do well if you don't go the extra mile. And you will not reach the expected grade if you don't go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. That's how that reads to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not something anyone said verbatim. I was just, uh, it was like midnight and I was trying to come up with uh, the way that they <laughs> usually word this. And it's usually something akin. But yeah, that's how, kind of how they meant it, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's not extra. No. It's not what extra means. If you don't do any of the extra stuff, that's that's the normal. Right. Because the rest is extra, and you don't, whatever. On the other hand, I did go the extra mile this week, and I went out and did some uh, first-hand reporting, like we've been doing, because we're a real uh, news podcast or something now, apparently. That sounds like a lot of responsibility, and I reject it. We're a real fake news podcast. Wait, no. Not fake news, just no. um, a fake real news podcast. That still sounds bad. That's still got bad connotations. Okay, let's get away from the word fake and go Facebook's route and say false. False news. Ah, Facebook's nope. been calling it false news. No, nope. still feels bad. Mm. I think we just need to commit fully to the real news. No. Satiric- satirically real news. Yes, that's better. Satirically cool. real news. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and when I say I went out and did some firsthand reporting, I mean, I was at the grocery store the other day and was like, hmm, they don't have the almond milk I want. Maybe this pea milk will be good. And I got some pea milk and it was good. It was? Yeah. It was, uh, so there was, it was Ripple was the brand, uh, not sponsored yet. I think it's pretty good. Apparently it has more calcium and less sugar than your average glass of 2%. I dig it. All right. Uh, I would like to point out that if we were a real news podcast and not a satirical real news podcast, we would not be able to have Ripple as a sponsor for journalistic integrity reasons. Okay, yeah, I see. So I think being a satirical news podcast is much better. Or we could be real news, but like state media for milk al- al- alternatives. I think before we get there, I need to get better at saying milk alternatives. <laughs> I don't think it's milk alternatives, it's dairy milk alternatives, right? I don't know. We'll see what the FCC... No. Nope. Not the FCC. (laughs) That's wrong. That's very wrong. We'll see what the FDA has to say about it. All right. We'll keep you updated, everyone. Hold hold tight. And this is a fast developing story, but (laughs) the truth will come out. The truth will come out. Don't worry. Speaking of things that do not sponsor the show okay uh both the black eyed peas and the black keys 
nor their producers sponsors the show. Right. The record labels were still uh, out. They haven't returned our mail. <laughs> One of my roommates said something funny uh, as a mistake. Uh, they said that they loved the band The Black Eyed Keys. Okay. Which is not a band. It no. is a... Uh, they meant the Black Keys, but meant okay. but accidentally said the Black Eyed Keys, which is, of mm-hmm. course, a combination of the Black Keys and the Black Eyed Peas. Right. Yep. I'm I'm following. So... Back me up here, Zach. Uh, this joke, this this couldn't have not been made. Yeah. No, you're right. This is a... Okay, caveat. I've never heard the the other song, the Not Black Eyed Peas song. <laughs> okay, so I made a mashup of I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas and Gold in the Ceiling by mm. the Black Keys, which I think Zach should listen to right now. I have heard it. I heard it yesterday. Okay. And then I put them together and made I Got a Ceiling by the black eyed keys so zach what do you think i think it's good i'm envious because that's not something that i know how to actually do technically i have a whole bunch of ideas <laughs> i had a whole bunch of ideas i purged them from my to-do list because they were never going to happen trust me zach i have no idea what i'm doing either and that's very clear by the execution because this well, took hours <laughs> and it's not even close to the quality and standard of uh girl talk say i've been listening to a lot of uh one board jew i think mm. is the name of it mm-hmm. it's a good which one. is just two songs layered on top of each other much like this one and i think this was about it seemed to me to be at the level of that okay i appreciate that i was listening on like phone speakers and but yeah it's not a the quality like from the sound isn't going to be a big deal because mm-hmm. it's just whatever i can get as far as the melody of the black eyed peas and the lyrics from the black keys uh-huh. but i think I agree that that there are some mashups that just need to be made for the sake of the name. Like I've got a ceiling by the Black Eyed Keys. Yeah, is just an important. Um, like I really so there's uh I have the strings for Dangerous Woman by Ariana Grande and Anaconda by Nicki Minaj, and I really want to make a mashup called Danger Noodle. Oh no. <laughs> that needs to happen. Ah, Zach, I. Someone else make it, not me. There's also, uh, if somebody's making them, if somebody's looking for ideas, we've also got Shut Up and Take Me Out, uh, the Ting Tings, and uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, because they've both got the same, like, bump, 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 bump thing in the in Shut Up and Let Me Go and Take Me Out. For the record, Zach didn't do that many bonks. I just... <laughs> repeated that for a while so uh if if you're the kind of person who wants to make some mashups those are my golden ideas i am just laying out for you because i am never <laughs> going to be able to make them but they are great ideas so please do them justice and if you make them tweet at us so we can mention it on the podcast absolutely and so i can finally show my roommates that see we do have listeners <laughs> there's a whole reddit an active reddit And so the active community might also be interested to know that OmniFocus 3 has been released in beta. Yeah, and it has been for a while, but I finally was accepted into the tester program. Ah, okay. So I have a chance to really work with it. So what are your notes? 
It's pretty slick. I like it a lot. Uh, tags are way more useful than contexts. What's the the difference in tags and contexts? I'm not contexts, sure. Contexts, you can only have one. Tags, you can have many is the main difference. Okay. And they're treated more like tags and not like, uh, hey, you can do this at school and you can do this at home. Okay. Because that never really worked for me. I could do basically the same homework no matter where I was because the internet's a magical place. So now that you can use tags, you can more reasonably implement modality, right? Yeah. So I can go, okay, I can use, what devices can I use to uh, complete this task? Uh, I'm going to need a textbook, I'm going to need a notepad, and I'm going to need a laptop or a tablet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I wanted there to be three levels of importance, standard, flagged, and fire. Uh, Fire should be reserved for things that will seriously affect my life if they don't get done, like uh, paying rent. Mm -hmm. Like you will get evicted if you don't do this. Okay. I wanted there to be a perspective where I can only see things with due dates. Right. I wanted there to be a perspective where I can only see things that are important and have due dates. Mm-hmm. Is that due dates coming up or is that just if it's due a month from now, you also would see it? I would also see it. So what's the use of that? Uh, well, what I've been using it for is I see the, all these perspectives earlier in the day and mm-hmm. I mark them with a today tag. Okay. These are the things that need to get done today. And throughout the day, I stay in the today perspective where I just see things that I've marked as getting done today. And then if I don't get something done by the end of the day, then I unmark it and see if I want to do it again tomorrow. So doesn't OmniFocus have a distinction between the due dates and between like the day that you want to work on it? That's what I'm doing with tags. But doesn't OmniFocus just do that as a part of the system? Uh, not the way I want it to. Okay. Uh, the way they have it implemented is in defer dates. So there's a due date and a defer date. And defer okay. date, you will not see it until, or not not see it, but... It won't pop up in your, like, today view? Yeah, you it won't pop up in your today view until that date. And that's might be when you want to work on it, but it also might be when it's available to work on, which is how I'm using it. Okay. Because I don't want to look in the morning and see all these things and have to sort through which ones are even possible to do right now. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do this homework because the professor hasn't given us the worksheet or whatever. Yeah. So the today view is where I spend 75% of the time in OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. And are you using that as today or just as stuff that is tagged as today? Today. I think the first one. Okay. Because I tried to do this a little uh, when in OmniFocus 2 with flags, where I would just flag things that I wanted to get done today, but it ended up being things that I could do today, and that kind of defeated the purpose. Because yeah. in theory, you could do everything today, but what's important to get done today is more what the flags are for. Yeah. Okay, so sorry, I totally derailed you. You were going through your whole system. It started out with very cleanly before I knocked you <laughs> off track. Um, and that, that was basically it. Okay. There's perspectives for deciding what to do and uh, a single perspective for actually doing the thing. Gotcha. So uh, there's a uh, fire perspective where, hey, this needs to get done. It I should make it automatically go into the today view, but uh, I do, I'm not sure if that's the best course of action just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, flags again are for important things and standard is things that are not super important there are things with due dates things that are important and have due dates things that are fire and have due dates and then tags for what i need to complete the task and then a single tag for what you're doing today mm-hmm. 
And so do you, like, every morning before you go to classes, sit down and just go through the list? Uh, yeah, it's not quite that structured. It should be, but... Or before you start working on anything else? Yeah, my first spare minutes go to OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to adjust my sleep to be more accommodating to that, wake up a little bit earlier to have more time for to-do lists. Yeah. In fact, a toggle switch is list management. So you can track and see if where that falls in the day each day. Yeah, and I can also see whether I'm being if whether I'm doing the productivity porn where you just start uh, automating everything but not everything needs to be automated. Mhm. And you end up spending more time automating it than it would be if you just did it by hand. Mhm. I I think I'm somewhere in the middle of that curve right now for one of my projects. But yeah, I know what you mean. I've I've battled with that. Are you trying to make a distinction between what contexts you do work in for school as opposed to like for another water tracker? No, not as of yet at least. Okay. Cuz that's one one delineation I've been trying to make this semester is like especially now that I live off campus, anytime I'm on campus, I'm working on schoolwork. Hmm. If I'm working on something which is just, it just means that when I go to the library, I only look at things in the college project and its subprojects. So luckily, we haven't gone productivity porn enough that we are writing, uh, learning, oh god, journalist shorthand? Markup? Markdown? Shorthand. I think it's just called shorthand. Shorthand? Yeah, that's good. I, I don't think that'd be effective for us. Although maybe. It's something I've thought about before. I have also considered it. <laughs> But we're not to that level. We've decided you should toggle track how long it takes you to learn shorthand and how long it takes you to decipher your own shorthand. It's a good. It's a good idea. Good use of time in the middle of the semester. Yes, <laughs> I pride myself actually on being able to adapt to systems like that. For example, learning Dvorak. Oh yeah, and continuing to use it, and um, switching wrists that my watch lives on. Mm-hmm. That was that took a while actually, not as long as learning Dvorak, but I got it. It's on the right wrist it's now. It's on the right. Okay. No, it's on the, the left the... now. It's on the correct oh. one. It's on the correct wrist now. I don't know. I think I don't know how long I'd be able to, how long it would take me until I could get it over on the left. Just imagining it, the weight feels off. <laughs> See, Zach, you're right-handed, correct? Yes. So you are hindering yourself by wearing your watch on your right wrist how so all sorts of ways the the main one for me was that you are identifiable as a person who wears their watch on the right wrist but writes with the right hand which is uncommon okay i'm not that concerned about being identified most days i wear like a pink shirt and yellow pants so the second reason is that it does get in the way of like writing or using things is my experience. Okay. I am more I'm also right-handed. I wore my wrist on my right hand. No. <laughs> God, I need to go to bed. <laughs> Never mind. Podcast over. We're done. Oh, it's been a day. It's been a day. All right. So, uh <laughs> Uh now that we've determined that Steven is right-handed, wears his watch on his left wrist and is like word dyslexic. Like, he can get the letters within the words, but the words themselves don't go the right way around in the sentence. Um, So these are things we've determined. So now we're going to induce some additional complexity to it by teaching Stephen a new alphabet. 
Okay, so here's my issue with this, Zach. Okay, uh, this is the Elven Erasper Espruar alphabet uh, from the Forgotten Realms, I think. It's a D&D thing. Right, so elves, not humans, right? Right. And they didn't create their language in conjunction with humans. I'm not sure what the lore is. Okay, can we assume the elves and the humans did not work together to make a language? No, because they have similar enough lineages that they can still reproduce. You can have half-elves. Oh, okay, never mind. I was... That that calms my uh, gripes about this. Is my- your issue that a different species would have different phonemes so they wouldn't use the uh, English alphabet? Yes. Yeah. I I get that, but also it's they're making a fantasy world for nerds who live in America. Yes, but as a nerd who lives in America, I would expect more realism. Okay, then you write your own freaking alphabet with new phonemes. Well, no, no, this is fine. As long as the lore points as as long as the lore points to elves and humans having similar lineages, this is totally fine. I'm I'm pretty sure they're similar enough that they can still reproduce. Okay, then we're good. I'm totally okay. fine with this. All right, go ahead. I will sit this one out. Oh well, no, this is this is important. I need your input on this. So, Stephen, right now, if you look at this alphabet, it's a lot of. Um, lines with triangles on the ends of them and i want to know how you would do this this is in the pen section for a reason what kind of pen would you use to make these lines Hmm. out of the ones i i own any pen oh okay um if i was going to try to learn the how do you say it s espruar espruar alphabet as a way to write for myself Uh uh-huh like if i was going to take notes with the espruar alphabet I would use a, a flex nib pen, mm-hmm. and if that was too difficult, I would use a stub nib and do my best to recreate the shapes. Uh, to answer your question, Zach, I would not. Well, yeah. There's no circumstances where you could convince me that this was a good idea. Right. But I'm in the circumstance where I'm playing an elf in D&D, and everybody else has dwarvish or draconic on their name tags under their like english letters okay and i want to be cool like the other cool kids and write in (laughs) elvish with my fancy pen and so far i've just used a calligraphy pen and gone over some of the lines twice as much to make them double wide okay get a black crayola marker Ooh, because they're flexible enough that you can push down and they will get bigger Hmm. what about like a calligraphy brush that's really difficult and you should just use a crayola marker Okay. Steven, I wanted this to be like a fun discussion about pens and what we could put push our pens to the limits of. Okay, but the best solution is a Crayola marker. Okay. I still think I'm going to find somewhere to buy a flex nib and okay, yeah, yeah. to try and reproduce you, if this. If this is an excuse to buy a flex nib, you can just say that, Zach. We're not we're all friends here. <laughs> okay, but there's one one cool thing I want you to notice about this alphabet, please. Okay, give me a second. Um, the G is soft only, so uh, GIF is GIF and not GIF. <laughs> it's not ambiguous. It's not ambiguous. It's GIF. Yeah. Okay. But then it wouldn't be spelled. No, it would be. It'd be graphic. Graphic GIF. Yeah, it's soft. Okay. You're right. That's not the thing I was uh, gushing about, but you are correct. Darn. Um, the thing that I'm real pumped about is the fact that vowels have unique line lengths as opposed to consonants 
So if you look at the E, the O, and the U, they are half as tall as the other letters. And the A and the I are three quarters as tall as the other letters. Um, okay. Which is neat and unnecessary and probably wouldn't actually yeah, no, evolve uh, in a real language, but it's... No, I think it's a good feature. I don't, th- I don't dislike it at all. Um, I would change A and I to be the same as the other vowels, yeah. though. Yep. Unless in Elvish they use A and I much less than the other vowels, mm-hmm. which doesn't appear to be the case since they are so closely related, English and Elvish. Common. Excuse me. The language is called common. Is Steven? it? Yeah, it's, uh, yep. That's an important okay. well. thing. You'll be pleased to know that my name has an apostrophe, but the apostrophe has a reason. I was like, man, it would be so cool if it had an apostrophe. And then I remembered the book we read, Reemdi, where the guy complained about an apostrophe for like an entire chapter. I'm confused. Do you not remember in Reemdi when the guy complained about there being apostrophes in the language without having anything like they weren't actually contractions? I vaguely remember that. I remember it very distinctly okay. <laughs> and uh, took that into account when creating my character's name. Okay, what's the character's name? The character's name is Kleth with an apostrophe after the K. You're right. I could rant about that for a while. Why? It's not a contraction. Yeah, it's short for Kaleth. What's the name again? Kleth. Kaleth. Kaleth. Kleth. Yeah. But that is a contraction. This, right. this isn't right. funny so anymore. I was like, this person would be... <laughs> Be... <laughs> steven's mad if you're also mad please uh email me my email is on twitter at the puns guy zach i'm mad because instead <laughs> you picked the wrong joke instead... it wasn't a joke it was legitimately like i remembered no. a okay, book fine. that we read a year ago fine and thought you would appreciate that no i don't appreciate that oh my god i do appreciate that i think that's <laughs> a very clever thing for you to do however i think you okay executed it poorly should have made you should have again made the that character mad you should have made an apostrophe where there is no contraction no because that is funny but just conforming to the wishes of a fantasy character is not as funny as going against the wishes of some fantasy character he's a sci-fi character thank you very much sci-fi character (laughs) am i wrong right but i wasn't shooting for funny i was shooting for like plausibly linguistically realistic within the universe and also contrarian, because then everybody's like, oh, hey, there is a different number of letters and also not an apostrophe in the elven name. And I'm like, you're commoners. So you don't, if you can only understand my name in common, then you don't get to know my real name. That's interesting. It's a, it's a character choice. The thing I want to say is that uh, this podcast does not do cold stops. And I think we should. Because in the past segment, there have been about five really good candidates for cold stops. And I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> Don't do that. We have to get us our Twitter handles. If you want there to be cold stops, you can tell us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at 